the sermon podcast of Paoli Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mexel. It is a joy to see the ways that God raises up leaders in the church and calls and directs and guides us in that work. It can be a daunting task to be in leadership. Um, sometimes those decisions are rather mundane and, and, and come together easily. And sometimes the decisions that, that those in leadership have to make are very difficult and very trying. Um, and the question is raised in our minds when we think about that. How much would you be willing to risk, risk personally, risk in all kinds of different ways to see the work of the church continue, to see the work of the church grow and, and be uh, used in this place or anywhere else. That question was not just an academic question for Pastor Magid and the leadership of the Koli Church in Cairo, Egypt. They were being led by God to reach out into their community. They're a relatively small congregation, but they had a great opportunity to make a difference in their mostly Muslim context to share Jesus Christ in very real and tangible ways. God had led them to uh, begin to imagine the uh, growth and development of a medical clinic, of a nursing home, and of, of enhanced ministry space that they could use there in a working-class community in the middle, in the heart of Cairo. Um, and God had provided some of those resources. Some of those resources came from us right here in this congregation as resources were brought together to help to build and to make this dream that they had a reality. But there was a problem. There was one kind of hitch in what was going to occur there. Building permits and permissions from local governments were needed. And in our way of thinking, okay, you need building permits, you need permissions from governments around you, that's not a big, big deal. Just go down to the local office, wherever that might be, and get your building permit. But this that we're talking about, this circumstance happened about 10 years ago. And you might remember that this was just after the time of the Arab Spring in, throughout the Middle East, and particularly in the nation of Egypt. And so it wasn't that simple just to go down to the local location and get your building permit because there was a lot of chaos in the government. There, it, it could take years, if ever, before they would ever be able to receive that building permit. And in the meantime, their community would continue to be in need. There would continue to be opportunities and responsibility that they had to share the hope and the love of Jesus in real and tangible ways with the people around us, around them rather. And so they had a decision to make. What would they do? How would they continue to proceed? And so in a brave act, Pastor Magan and the church leadership went ahead with their building, trusting that God would guide them through the process. And that approach worked. The clinic space was renovated. It was built. The church began to, to complete some of this work that they had dreamed about for a long, long period of time. And in very real ways, they were beginning to tangibly make a difference in their community. But then the challenges arose. Somewhere in that process, the local authorities became aware of the building and of the lack of the building permit. And they called Pastor Maggot in to appear before the local magistrate. He was brought before a judge and he was given a fine and he was given a jail sentence as a result. And the question began to continue to rise in the congregation. What, what's going to happen? Would he really go to jail for building a clinic that was built and designed to help the community? The appeals process progressed for months. At each step along the way, the fine and the jail time were affirmed. 
And finally, Pastor Maggie got to the last judge of appeal. If this judge upheld the sentence, the fine would be imposed, and Pastor Maggie would be taken to jail that day and face at least a year imprisonment. It was no doubt a very difficult night before to sleep, and it was a, it was a very difficult time for that congregation. But with confidence, Pastor Maggie went to the hearing trusting whether he was free or whether he was imprisoned, God would be with him, and the ministry that God had called them to would continue to move forward. Well, thankfully, that last judge solved the situation a little bit differently. In fact, that last judge said that instead of penalizing Pastor Maggid, they should be thanking him, and the church should be for making such a significant difference in their community. The church has gone on to complete the clinic, providing basic medical care, dental care, physical therapy, and similar kind of medical assistance. In addition, they now have a nursing home for 23 elderly residents, a form of care and love that's not very prevalent in Egypt, but there's a real, real need. And in addition, the remaining ministry and worship spaces have been renovated and expanded for their growing ministry in their community. The Koli Church has now become an example to many other churches throughout Cairo and throughout their region about how they can share the love of Christ in a very real and tangible way, and how through as an extension, how they can share the hope of Jesus Christ in the midst of their neighborhoods. The work of Pastor Maggie and the believers in the Coley Church should be inspiring to each one of us because it wasn't just the work of the Coley Church, it was the work of all of us who were part of what happened there in Coley. We had a hand in what was happening there through the gifts that you give to the church that have been passed along to our brothers and sisters in Christ in Coley to the words of encouragement, the videos that have been sent, the letters that have been sent, the, the people who have gone to encourage the work there in Cairo. Your giving, your participation has made this possible. God is at work in Egypt, just like God is at work here in Paoli, Pennsylvania. And it's important for us to recognize that. It's important for us sometimes in the midst of our ongoing day-to-day uh, -day existences, sometimes we can get so caught up in that and we can begin to question, you know, is God really at work? Is God really making a difference? Well, God's making a difference in the Coley Church. And through that, we are encouraged to recognize that God is continuing to be at work in our lives as well. As we read in the Bible, we see that God working in and through the people of Egypt is not a new phenomenon. Abraham made a famous visit to Pharaoh in the book of Genesis. Later in Genesis, Joseph was used by God to spare not only the Egyptians from great famine, but his own family as well. And perhaps most well-known, Moses was raised in the home of Pharaoh's daughter and became the great leader of Israel, leading the people out of slavery in Egypt and establishing a living covenant and relationship between them and God. And this morning, as we read this passage and this reminder of how God worked in Moses' life, we are reminded that God was at work 3,500 years ago, and God is at work today. And that as God is at work today, we are encouraged to recognize that God desires to use each one of us to advance his kingdom and the work that is happening. So I'm going to read this morning from the book of Exodus, chapter 2. Beginning with verse 1, we read this. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. 
And while her attendants walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying, and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrew's children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. And she named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Long before Paoli Presbyterian Church or any of our current partners in Egypt existed, God was at work in this great country of Egypt, demonstrating to Pharaoh and demonstrating to the entire known world God's greatness. One of those significant lives in which that occurred was in the life of Moses. To understand what was happening here at the time of Moses, we have to take just a real quick look back to a few hundred years earlier when Joseph had a significant role to play there in Egypt. Joseph was a Hebrew, and if you read through the latter parts of the book of of Genesis, you can see um, how he ended up in Egypt and how he ended up in a role of significance there. But God used Joseph to lead the people of Egypt through a period of famine, and that not only got the people of Egypt through that period of famine, but got much of that region of the world through that famine as well. And during that time, God, uh, the people of Egypt recognized that the God of the Hebrews, the God of the Israelites, who at that point was just the God of the family of Joseph, that this God had great power and was at work among them. But as we get to the first part of the book of Exodus, a few hundred years have gone by, and by that point, a new king, a new pharaoh had arisen in Egypt who no longer remembered Joseph, no longer had an appreciation for the ways that God had worked through Joseph, and instead viewed these Israelite people, these Hebrew people who had now gone from simply being a large family to now being a nation and numbering in the hundreds of thousands at least. Instead of seeing them as a blessing of God, they began to see them as a great threat, as a group of people who could come against the Egyptians and could make their lives difficult and miserable, and who could actually overthrow them and take away their great power. And so in fear, the, the Pharaoh began to try to do things to, to put down and to, to keep the Hebrew people in their place. He started by making them slaves and by uh, calling on them to, to build various cities and to work in extremely difficult circumstances. And in spite of that, as the people continued to grow and begin and to, to be blessed by God, he then went to the midwives of the Hebrews and he said, you need to kill any boys who are born. Hebrew midwives feared God more than the Pharaoh, and they refused to do that. Until finally, the Pharaoh got to the point where he called on the Egyptians, when they would find any of these Hebrew boys, throw them in the Nile to kill them, to end their lives. It got very, very desperate. It was a difficult, difficult time for the people of of Israel who were living in Egypt. It was around this time that there was a little boy who was born to a Levite couple. They would do whatever they could to protect their little boy, But as we know, little boys don't stay quiet for very long, do they? And so the mother came up with a rather ingenious solution. She made a papyrus basket. She covered it with bitumen and pitch so that it would float, and she placed her child in that down by the river, at least during the day, so that hopefully he could be saved for a period of time. It may or may not work, but it was the best that they could do. One day, 
a true miracle happened. Because the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe by the river, and she discovered this basket and its precious cargo. But instead of following her father's orders, Pharaoh's daughter made sure that this child received care, in this case from his own mother, and eventually became a part of her household. This would set up Moses in amazing ways to ultimately lead the people of Israel out of Egypt and to follow God and to help them to establish a covenant relationship with God. This entire situation, the ways that, that Moses was saved, the ways that he was brought up, and the ways that he was cared for was the work of God. It was the pr- provision of God. It was the amazing work of God. Moses' parents couldn't have orchestrated it the way it happened. The leaders of Israel couldn't have orchestrated it. Only God could make something remarkable like that occur and happen. And here's the thing. Similar to Moses' day, God remains at work around our world and particularly in the nation of Egypt. And we have the privilege of sharing in that work, of being a part of what God is doing in that nation of Egypt. Besides the Coley Church, we've got three other significant partners that, that we've been in relationship with for 25 years, some of them. Another significant ministry partner of ours in, in Cairo is the Evangelical Theological Seminary. 20 years ago, the seminary, which had trained pastors in Egypt for over 100 years, was on the brink of collapse. It needed significant upgrades in infrastructure and significant upgrades in leadership. But God wasn't finished using and working through the Cairo Seminary. Dr. Atef Gendi, who's pictured in front of you, was called as the president. They began to provide significant strategic leadership to that institution, helping them to grow, helping them to develop the, the work and the teaching and the ministry that they were involved in. Partners from around the world began to, to share money that was used to improve the buildings and grounds. And among those partners were those of us here at Paoli Presbyterian Church. Your gift from the Centennial Heritage Fund was used to renovate and upgrade a single classroom in that institution. And when you hear that they, they use it to upgrade one classroom, you might think, well, okay, that was nice, but what difference can one classroom make? Well, that classroom was the first classroom that was renovated in that school. And when people began to come into that school and began to see that one classroom and see the difference that the education and the ways they could use that one classroom, the difference that that was making, partners from around the world began to say, we need to do the same thing in the other classrooms of this, of this facility. And they began to, to share resources that were used to upgrade the entire facility. God was at work. God was making a difference. And we here at Paoli Presbyterian Church had a significant part in, this, in the beginning of that undertaking and that revitalization of the Cairo Seminary. Today, the Cairo Seminary is thriving with over 600 total students, many of them being prepared not only for pastoral ministry, but also for work inside and outside of the church. And the impact of the Cairo Seminary is not limited just to Egypt. It's a remarkable thing. Due to the the geopolitical nature of Egypt and its impact not only on Central Africa but up through the Middle East, there are students from the Cairo Seminary who are making a difference throughout that entire region, down into places like Sudan and other parts of Central Africa, but also into the Middle East in countries like Syria and Iraq, places where those of us from the West would never have an opportunity to go. But because of the influence and the impact of the Cairo Seminary, and because of our partnership with the Cairo Seminary, we are able to send and to see the difference that God is making throughout a strategic part of our entire world. 
God is doing amazing things in Egypt, particularly through the Cairo Seminary. And your gifts, the ways that you partner with them, are making a difference and making that possible. Another significant ministry with which we partner is the Fowler Orphanage. The Fowler Orphanage is housed on the property of a local Presbyterian church there in in the heart of Cairo. This home is run by a Catholic nun named Sister Marie who exudes the love of Jesus Christ. Residents of that home are girls from throughout Egypt who come from very disadvantaged backgrounds. But at Fowler, they receive the structure, the love, and the caring support of of a godly staff. Many are able to attend local elite schools as a result on scholarship where they receive outstanding educations and opportunity to progress in their life. All of this is done expressing the love of Jesus Christ. Your gifts, your connection to the Fowler Orphanage are given nearly 90 girls every year an opportunity that they would not otherwise have to hear and know the love of Christ, to receive an education, and to recognize that God is at work. There's a fourth and final primary ministry partner that we have that's in Egypt, and that's the Health and Hope Oasis. Founded by Dr. Magna Iskander, who left her medical practice here in the United States nearly 30 years ago, the Health and Hope Oasis exists to provide respite care and healthy environments for children with cancer and their families. Many of these children are from, from impoverished areas in which it's very difficult to have clean and safe environment, particularly when you're needing to receive cancer treatments. Dr. Magda recognized that need and has worked to develop a wonderful complex in the desert about partway between Cairo and Alexandria. And in that place, in that literal oasis, these children and their families can find quiet love, care, and compassion. This work includes sustainability projects like growing needed fruits and vegetables and fish for consumption by these families who are receiving their short-term care. It's a beautiful witness to the love of Christ for families who are going through a significant crisis. And again, your concern, your care for these ministries allows those families to receive loving care and support in Jesus' name. The the trip that we recently had earlier this year was marked the 25th anniversary, the 25th anniversary of the work of Paoli Presbyterian Church in ministries there in Egypt. Through that time, we've seen some remarkable things happen. Ministries like the Kololi Church, the Cairo Seminary, the Fowler Orphanage, and the Health and Hope Oasis have expressed and extended the love of Christ in remarkable ways. And you have been a part of it throughout that time. Now, some of us might ask the question, why is this work important? After all, there are needs in our own country and there are needs in our, own back, in our neighborhoods, in our own backyard. Why, why do we go to Egypt? What difference does that make? Well, part of the answer to that, those questions is that we're being obedient to God's call. God's call to mo- go and make disciples of all nations. God has instructed us to go, and God is at work throughout the world. And there's something about being a part of what God is doing around the world that not only encourages our brothers and sisters around the world, but encourages us as well. But while God calls us to go into all the world, he calls the entire church to do that. He doesn't call every single congregation to go to every single individual around the world, if that makes sense. That's impossible. It's impossible for us as one congregation to be everywhere in the world. And God doesn't call us to be everywhere in the world, but he does call us to take this message around the world. How do we know the difference? How do we know where it is where God is calling us? 
Well, in this case, we have a unique opportunity, a unique relationship with ministries in Egypt that many, many churches in the United States and throughout the West do not have. Not every church has the kind of relational connection that comes with 25 years of shared ministry. There's something to that that we have an opportunity to engage in deeper ways because we have this long-term connection and relationship. We also have some unique individuals and participants, members of our congregation, who help to, to, to cover the gap, the cultural gap, and the opportunity gap between us here in the United States and our brothers and sisters in the West. This ministry was begun by the leadership of who was then the, the, the mission pastor, um, Reverend Jim Caldwell. And one of the first team members that he invited to come along were Amir and Noel Metri, who had immigrated from Egypt um, many years before that, but who were not initially a part of that team that went and was going to go and be a part of what was happening there in Egypt. But God got a hold of Amir and Noel's heart on that trip. And God has used their understanding of the culture in Egypt, their understanding of the language in Egypt, their understanding of, of the circumstances in Egypt to help to bridge those gaps in these subsequent 25 years and gives us a unique opportunity, a unique opportunity to make a difference in a part of the world that has a unique opportunity to make an influence throughout that whole region of the world. God has given us a unique opportunity. God has, is at work in Egypt, and God is inviting us in remarkable ways to be a part of that. And it's an exciting, it's an exciting and remarkable opportunity. But what can you do? How can you participate? What are ways that we here in Paoli can be a part? One of the ways is that we can be informed of what God is doing there. Part of that, you, you've heard more. Hopefully, you've learned some things here today. Um, we've had, over these 25 years, we've had a number of different teams of individuals who have made their way to Egypt and who would have more information that they'd be happy to share with you. On our most recent trip, um, Tim and Deb Rogers um, went along with us, along with my wife, Jen. And, um, I want, um, Tim is in the back there. If Tim could, if you wouldn't mind just to stand, and Jen wouldn't stand. And any others, if you've ever been on a trip, a mission trip to Egypt with, our, with the church here, would you stand? Because I know there are a number of you, as I'm looking around, there are a number of you who have been a part of this. If, as, as, if you have questions, these are folks who have had opportunity to participate and to see the work that God is doing, and we want to encourage you to, to gain more information. Thank you. You can, you can return to your seats. Getting informed and understanding better what, how God is at work there is one way. We can then pray. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ and for the work and the ministry that's happening there. As we understand it better, we can pray. And it's remarkable. One of the most important things when, when we've taken trips there that, that is that is, well, that, that is the greatest thing that, that our bro brothers and sisters receive, is knowing that they're not alone. That there are people around the world who care what is happening there, who are praying for them and who are encouraging them. Along with our prayers, you can continue to give. As you give and support the work of Paoli Presbyterian Church, a part of that goes to our mission budget. And a part of our mission budget goes to support the work of, of these ministries in Egypt. And finally, you have the opportunity to go. Go to Egypt. See firsthand the ways that God is at work. We generally have a trip that goes there about once a year. And the next time that that opportunity comes up, we want to encourage you to, to go, to see God's hand at work. It's an encouragement to our brothers and sisters, like I said a moment ago. Just seeing you come and, and smiling and praying with them and letting them know that they're not alone is an incredible encouragement. As they minister, as they share in their predominantly Muslim environment, it's an encouragement for them to know that they are not alone. Well, 
God has been at work in Egypt for thousands of years. We read about the ways that God was at work in the days of Moses and led through that season of the history of Egypt. And God is continuing to be at work in Egypt and in Paoli Presbyterian Church. One of the great benefits that we gain by seeing God's hand at work in places like Cairo is to recognize the same God who is at work doing amazing and mighty works in Cairo is the same God who is at work here in Paoli, who's at work here in Chester County, who's at work here in our region, making a difference in the lives and hearts of men and women and boys and girls. What is God calling you to today? What are the opportunities that God is laying before you to express God's love to the people that you meet on a daily basis and to be an encouragement and support for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Egypt and various other places around the world? God is at work, and God invites us to join in that work this day. Let us pray. Lord God, it is with grateful hearts that we come before you, recognizing that you are a powerful God, a God who is at work making a difference in the hearts and lives of men and women and boys and girls. And Lord God, this morning we especially think of those ministry partners that we have in, in Egypt. And we pray, Lord God, that you would empower them, that you would strengthen them, that you would remind them that you are with them and you are guiding them, and that their brothers and sisters in Christ here in Paoli are with them as well. May they be encouraged today to continue to stand strong, to share in love and in grace hope that is ours in Jesus Christ. And Lord God, as we respond to your call on our lives to give, to pray, to go, may we likewise recognize that we don't do that in our own strength, that we do it in the grace and the help and the strength of you through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, we're grateful today that you are a powerful God a God who makes a difference in our world, and that you invite us to join in that work. So guide us this day, both individually and as a congregation, that we would be following in the path that you have set before us. Thank you, Lord God, for this reminder today. Thank you for the ways that you guide us. Thank you that we can pray together today, as Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.